Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Breda Pest Management, the official pest control of UGA Athletics. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So I think as we begin today's show, it's probably fair to acknowledge that there is a certain level of buildup for Georgia-Florida on Saturday that kind of doesn't feel like what Georgia-Florida has felt like over the course of the last couple of years. You may remember that at different times we've had guests on our show, whether it be national writers, you know, from such the, the sporting news or maybe Paul Feinbaum himself on his own program. They've kind of talked about how in like 2018, 2019, that the Georgia-Florida rivalry, in some respects, had actually become maybe in that brief window, that brief period of time, the most intense rivalry in the SEC. Paul Feinbaum has said that during that era in which, you know, you had this going on, that if you wanted to really kind of conjure a bunch of phone calls, get a lot of folks excited, if you wanted to do that on his radio program, it used to be Iron Bowl, Auburn, Alabama, that you could, you know, kind of bring up to get folks fired up that way. But in recent years, according to Feinbaum, it kind of been a little bit more Georgia, Florida, as I said before, other national type folks who've been on our show have kind of echoed a similar sentiment that the Georgia, Florida rivalry didn't you know, need a whole lot of selling that, that the Georgia Florida rivalry was just the big deal and fans sort of understood it. And if you wanted to stir the pot and get folks fired up, that was kind of the rivalry in media you kind of leaned into to kind of get folks conjured up. But last year, things just really changed. Not only did Georgia beat Florida and not only did it beat it in such a way that it caused Dan Mullen to lose his job. I think there's a little bit of an acknowledgement that the Georgia way was just better than the Florida way and that Florida was so beaten down by the way that it lost last year that it was kind of forced to reboot its program and as much as it sort of pains Florida fans to admit this all the stuff that Kirby Smart has kind of thought about Florida privately or even in some cases said about Florida and not always intending for it to be public but sometimes it kind of came out to the public that a lot of that stuff just sort of ends up being true and that there was a mental and physical toughness that Georgia had, a talent advantage that Georgia had. There was just a obvious level of the Georgia program just sort of being better than Florida. And, and, and so much of this was kind of echoed by that great halftime speech that somehow miraculously leaked its way onto the internet. And I can't play all of it for you here because we're a you know, family-friendly show and not everything that Kirby Smart says privately behind closed doors necessarily works as family-friendly content. But I can give you a small snippet of it because, A, it's just sort of fun to hear, and, B, it's a reminder of just how much disdain and, frankly, disrespect that Kirby Smart sort of had when he looked at the version of Florida that has existed prior to maybe this year. This is a reminder from halftime of last year, repeating this just because it's fun. So obviously, I could have played a lot more for you, but at that point in time, it kind of gets into some of the expletive stuff and things like that that, that uh, we're just not going to do here on the show. But the overall point of view is one you understand. The Kirby says, hey, they're going to talk trash to you, but you don't say anything back to them. They're undisciplined, but you're going to be disciplined. All that stuff's going on. You just sort of laugh and you point to the scoreboard. You just sort of laugh and you do that. And you go out there and you physically break them. You go out there and you show them what Georgia football is all about. And that is exactly what Georgia did last year. We would all remember that. We would all say that. And in kind of looking back on that the Florida program the athletic director the key decision makers the boosters whatever else 
they just sort of know Kirby was right. We were wrong. We thought we could build a program around Dan Mullen that was based on, you know, excitement and his how smart he was. and He could coach guys up and it didn't matter if we weren't working as hard on a daily basis and recruiting somehow Florida would just figure it out. And, you know, we're going to talk trash. We're going to be the brash program. We're going to have, you know, a lot of pizzazz and a lot of sizzle. But ultimately, it was all sizzle, no steak. The Florida folks sort of figure that out. And in retrospect, they know that Kirby Smart was right all along. And so all of that is a way of saying this. That is, to me, why the Georgia-Florida game this year kind of feels a little bit different than it has in the past. In previous years, Georgia could have used something Florida had just done as obvious, easy motivation for a game like this. Think about 2017 when Chauncey Gardner's making fun of Jake Fromm for, as he said, only throwing slant passes or other guys were kind of, you know, talking the trash they were talking. Or do you remember when Dan Mullen was kind of making a uh, big deal and making fun of Georgia for its national title drought with how the spring game attendance was announced? There have been a lot of things that Florida has done in the past, and they all seem really silly now, but at the time, this was Florida just trying to be cute in the moment, trying to do what rivals do, which is poke the bear, you know, that that is Georgia, and Georgia had an obvious level of motivation going into a game like this. It knew that all it had to do is just look at something dumb that Florida was currently saying, look at something dumb that Florida was currently doing, and it was going to be the motivation you needed to go out there and play the game there uh, on that particular Saturday. But this year, you don't quite really have that because here's what I know deep down is that I think that as Kirby Smart accused them of being in that halftime speech that you heard a snippet of a moment ago, Florida knows as a program it was undisciplined. And Florida as a program knows that it was not actually very physically or mentally tough. Sure, there was plenty of trash talk, but there was almost no ability to back up the trash talk and almost no actual belief they could back up the trash talk. It was just sort of trash talk for trash talk's sake. And I don't think that Florida wants to do that kind of stuff, at least right now anymore. Now, every now and then you have kind of a sort of a weird one-off deal on social media. The Gators players have always kind of had weird social media behavior. That's kind of true. And that has somewhat continued, I guess, a little bit this year. But for the most part, I don't think Florida wants to give Georgia anything it can use in a game like this because Billy Napier's just gotten on the job. He's obviously trying to build his program up. They don't really expect to be all that competitive during the game. So they just want to be as quiet as they can be and not give Georgia the additional motivation that maybe some Florida teams have given Georgia in the past. And maybe you've noticed that, and maybe that's one of the reasons why this year's Georgia-Florida game just sort of feels a little bit different than some of the Georgia-Florida games of the past when obviously Dan Mullen seemed a little bit more content to kind of stir the pot when it comes to this rivalry. So what do you do if you're Georgia and you're not getting the typical fuel that you used to get from Florida? They're not quite fanning the flames of this rivalry as they have in the past. Well, how do you make it feel like a big rivalry game? And this is where maybe there's a little bit of instruction to be taken from one of the all-time greats in sports. You remember back in the pandemic when that uh, Michael Jordan documentary came out, The Last Dance, and it was like the only thing in the world that was kind of going on for a while. And I just remember one of those things where, you know, everything else was just shut down, and the only thing we had was that Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance. And so when they would put those new episodes out, I believe it was Sunday nights, they'd put them out. 
when they put those new episodes out, like the whole world just sort of stopped and watched these documentaries. I'd never seen an entire community. I'm talking about the entire world. It seemed like certainly on social media, breaking down these documentary episodes week after week after week, as if it was a sporting event, because it was the closest thing for a long time we had to any kind of sporting event. And one of the most interesting things to come out of that last dance documentary that, that, you know, Jordan obviously had a big hand in and was kind of shaping his legacy with, but one of the things that came out there was uh, of that documentary was how good Michael Jordan was at finding a level of motivation when maybe it wouldn't have been easy for the average person to kind of find motivation. That, that Jordan had a way of making enemies out of people that may not have intended to actually be Michael Jordan's enemy, but Jordan had a way of doing that. And there was a little bit of a catchphrase that came out of that Last Dance documentary related to all of that. I'm going to play a little snippet for you. This is kind of like a, uh, we call it like a, like a compilation of a couple of different moments from that. And then after this, I'm going to explain what this has to do with Georgia football. Here's something from the Last Dance that you might remember what Jordan would do to get himself fired up for big games. Here's MJ. It became personal with me. I knew that Jerry Krause loved Dan Barton. And just because Krause liked him was enough for me. You think he's a great defensive player? Okay, fine. I'm assure you that he's not. Clyde was a threat. You know, I'm not saying he wasn't a threat. But me being compared to him, I, I took offense to that. I was a little bit upset that I didn't get the MVP that year and they gave it to Charles. But with that said, okay, fine, you can have that. I'm going to get this. So listen, I love that about Michael Jordan. I think Michael Jordan's the GOAT. That's obviously a different kind of show debate. But to me, Jordan is the greatest of all time. And it's that aspect of Jordan I think made him so great. That ability to kind of find that edge, that ability to kind of find that nastiness kind of no matter what. He was just really, really good at that. And the phrase that he used so much in that uh, Last Dance documentary was, I took it personal. That became personal for me. Or he said, I took offense to that. Or I was upset about that. And basically always using the things that angered him always using the things that upset him always using anything that he could have a way of kind of viewing that as a personal offense he would find a way of doing that so that he would be more motivated to go out and vanquish all of his foes and clearly for Michael Jordan that worked really well and I think you may have a little bit of an example of this also going on with Georgia here too because as I said before last year Kirby Smart got his wish Georgia absolutely actually fully and completely broke Florida physically he said I want to break them and that's exactly what Georgia did and emotionally spiritually I think Florida's kind of broken in that game too so coming into this year's game y'all they're not saying anything the fans aren't saying anything all that trash talk all the years about how Kirby Smart was going to fall apart and he was some sort, sort of dummy and you know he may could recruit but he couldn't actually coach those Florida fans that were saying all that, they're not saying anything right now. Florida players who've always talked so much trash coming into a game like this, I don't hear them saying anything right now. Goodness knows the new coach, Billy Napier, is not going to say anything right now. So if you're Georgia, how do you get ready for a game like this? You get ready by being like Michael Jordan, by finding something you can take personally, by finding something you can sort of view as a source of motivation, by digging back to the past, even if you have to, to get the motivation that you need to go out there and be as nasty as you want to be on the field on Saturday, which brings me to Georgia linebacker Jamon Dumas Johnson, who had a very interesting statement this week about how the Georgia team is kind of thinking about this game and how he himself views the game and how far they're having to go back to maybe find the edge that they 
they need. But much like Michael Jordan, who said, I'm going to take it personally. I'm going to take offense to that. I'm going to be upset about that and use that as motivation. Apparently, George is kind of still finding its own motivation here for this week. This is really good stuff for Jamon Dumas Johnson from Jamon Dumas Johnson talking about exactly how George is getting that done. Take a listen to this. The route means everything. To go smart, the team, the people last year, even two years ago, we, we still uh, go off all that, how we lost in 2020. So we still got the chip on our shoulder going into this game. And on um, the university, it means a lot to us. So we still trying to, you know, play for the seniors that lost in that 2020. Still got that chip on our shoulders. I mean, isn't that a Michael Jordan-style thing right there? Jordan saying, hey, I took that personal. I took offense at that. Finding something, even a small slight, to make himself angry enough for a game so he could go out there and beat his best. Here's Jamon Dumas Johnson saying, I have a chip on my shoulder for a loss that I wasn't even on the team for. I wasn't here in 2020. I was watching this game on television. I, I wasn't around for that. But guess what? These seniors on this team right now, they lost to Florida. Yeah, it was a pandemic year and it didn't really count. But <laughs> I say that half kiddingly, half seriously. But Jamon Dumas Johnson says, I'm mad on behalf of the seniors because they want to correct that part of their record. Yeah, I wasn't here for it, but we took that personally. We took offense to that. Florida came into Jacksonville, beat us in 2020. We're motivated by that right now. We have a chip on our shoulder to to make sure that never happens again and make sure that they uh, have no fond memory of their time playing UGA whatsoever. Isn't that good stuff from Jamon Dumas Johnson? And it echoes so much of what's kind of been said about him. Going back to Kirby Smart before the year began, talking about what a leader he is for Georgia. Other day, you had Nolan Smith kind of talking about that too, that as Jamon Dumas Johnson works his way into being a very good player, in addition to that, the kind of vocal leadership that's required for success, you got to have somebody who speaks up on behalf of the team. Uh, Pop, as they like to call him, taking more and more steps towards being able to do that. And to me, what Nolan Smith says he's seen, what Kirby Smart repeatedly has said he's seen, I think you see it on full display there right there. In a game and in a week leading up to the game where Florida's not giving you the extra motivation, you don't have Gators players talking trash. Florida fans right now, it's not even obvious how fired up they even are for this game. Probably a little scared of Georgia right now as the dogs loom as more than a three-touchdown favorite. You're not getting the obvious, easy motivation you used to get. A guy like Dan Mullen on the other sideline, clownish behavior that made it fun to hate Florida in the past. Right now, Billy Napier's content to lay low. So you've got to find your own motivation here. And Jamon Dumas Johnson says, we got that chip on our shoulder. We remember 2020. We remember uh, the way in which this team beat us, even though he wasn't technically a part of that team. We remember that from 2020. And we want to get revenge on behalf of these seniors who had to live through that. It's what Michael Jordan would do if he's in that situation. And great leaders will find a way to do the same kind of thing. It sounds like Jamon Dumas Johnson is a great leader for UGA. It sounds like mentally, spiritually, emotionally, this dog team is right where it needs to be heading towards Jacksonville coming up on Saturday. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. We're presented today by Breda Pest Management, and we are happy to have you with us. No matter how you get to us today, live on video, 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, on the radio at noon, on Athens Sports Radio 960, The Ref, and we are available as a podcast wherever you find them. The Apple Player, Spotify, all kinds of podcast platforms, just happy to have you with us. 
no matter how you are joining us. I, I know you got all kinds of things you can do. You're busy. You're running around a bunch. I take it very seriously that you take the time to be a part of our show. I am incredibly grateful for that. Uh, thank you so much for doing that. And a huge thanks as well to the sponsors who make all this possible. Our friends at Breda Pass Management, obviously today, uh, a, a name to know. And listen, when you think about what they do, they are the official pest control provider of UGA Athletics. That means they're taking care of all the athletic venues, including Sanford Stadium. So when you're sitting you know, in Sanford Stadium watching a game, you look down there on that football field, you realize on a surface the size of a football field, there are room for like millions of termites. And when you think about that many of those little silent destroyers in that large of a space, think about how much you know they could be in your home there as well. Because in Georgia, termites are just a fact of life that you have to have great protection from termites. And many of you already know that. You've got your own termite protection. But here's the thing you also may have found out. That service provider that you've been working with for however long you've been with them, you're getting that letter in the mail. You're getting some sort of indication that your price for service is going up because these days it seems like everything is kind of going up. Well, this is why I want you to think about Breda Pass Management because the strength they have, being the official pest control provider of UGA Athletics, being in business here in our area since the 1970s, having more than 100 employees out working hard, that creates a lot of leverage and benefits for Breda Pass Management that they can use for your benefit to save you money. When you make the switch to Breda Pass Management, in other words, when you allow them to cover your and protect your house from termites, when you allow them to, to protect you from a pest control standpoint, when you allow them to do that for you, you're going to save money instantly just by making that decision. So kick that fly-by-night company you have been working with to the curb. Trust our friends at Breda Pass Manager. You can find them online at BredaPass.com. That's B-R-E-D-A, BredaPass.com for a lot more on that. Matt Breda and the team over there are also a big part of what we do on Friday nights in high school football. They love being deeply entrenched in the community, and they want to do great work for you. Termites, pest control, they want to cover you and all that. So find them online at BredaPast.com. That's BredaPast.com, B-R-E-D-A, BredaPast.com. All right. So I told our video audience about this a moment ago. I want to tell all of you now. Now, if you're listening podcast, you're going to be upset about this. I think some of you will be because you're going to say, well, I didn't know about this. I'd like to have been a part of this. Trust me when I tell you, this is a little bit of a maiden voyage for us. If this goes well today, we may do some of this some more in the future. Um, but backstory, just very, very quickly. So Mike Griffith oftentimes joins us on Wednesday. He is traveling to Jacksonville even as we speak. So he's going to be there, I guess, a little bit early. So he's not able to join us today. We had a special guest that was going to join us today. That special guest has actually had a little bit of a scheduling conflict. They're going to join us later on this week. We have a couple of fun special guests that are coming up later on this week, which I can't wait to tell you about. going to be really good stuff. And so that gives us an opportunity to have a special, special guest, if you will. And that special guest today is going to be you. Now, the way we're doing this is live via video right now, the same way we do with our uh, Dog Nation postgame show. We're going to put a link to like a Zoom chat in the dognation.com comment section, the Facebook comment section, the YouTube comment section. And coming up here in a couple of minutes time, after I take care of a little bit of business, we are going to just take a few of your calls and we want to hear from you about the Georgia Florida game or about the upcoming stretch for Georgia after that or how you feel like Georgia sets up as it go for two in 22 as that mission is on in full effect here for UGA. And we're going to do this for about 10 or 15 minutes here today, giving you a chance to chat and be a part of what we're doing. And if it goes really well, then maybe we'll do this on Dog Nation Daily some more in the future. This is something we haven't really done on this show because 
this show has just kind of got a little bit more of a, I guess, a strict format, if you will. We have a lot of business we have to take care of here on the show, and people kind of come to expect it to be a certain kind of way. But that doesn't mean we can't ever experiment a little bit. So we're going to experiment today with you as the guest. And in the future, we'll try to invite our podcast audience to be a part of this and things like that. But today, it'll mostly be live video folks who kind of have a chance to check in on this. And we'll do that here coming up in just a little bit. Before that, though, I want to go around the doghouse before we start uh, taking your calls here live on the air in the moment. I want to go around the doghouse. I want to give you a little bit of an interesting recruiting update. So this past weekend, Georgia coach Kirby Smart went down to Florida and visited a couple of pretty big names. One of those, the five-star edge rusher, Damon Wilson. Now, we talked to Jeff Sintel about Damon Wilson on Friday. A lot of folks kind of know, or at least they think they know what the backstory is on Wilson here. A guy that Georgia seemingly was in good shape with. And yet Ohio State, very aggressive push here, kind of the 11th hour to kind of get in good with Wilson. And a lot of folks sort of think they know how it is that Ohio State's kind of gotten in good with Wilson. We don't really know what the overall truth is on that. But there's certainly no shortage of Internet rumors about, you know, big NIL opportunities, things like that. As I said before, I have no idea what's real and what's not. But there's certainly no shortage of chatter as it relates to that. And the push by Ohio State so aggressive here uh, in recent days that I think some Georgia fans had thought, well, I guess that ship has sailed. It's over for Georgia and Damon Wilson. But maybe uh, something here on Instagram would lead you to believe that, hey, maybe that's not quite the case. I just wanted to show this to you. You know, sometimes it's sort of hard to interpret what stuff like this necessarily means, but you are, uh, I guess, left to draw your own conclusion here. So the caption for the video says, hashtag not committed. This is Damon Wilson, and it's actually a very well done video showing off some of uh, Wilson's highlights here. But in addition to that, you see uh, Kirby Smart kind of in this video. At one point in time in the video, you almost kind of get like a sort of a new version of the Kirby Smart popcorn gif where he kind of gives you kind of the open eyes here on the uh, on one of the plays from Damon Wilson. It reminds you a lot of the very famous Kirby Smart popcorn gif from uh, in, in the past. So, uh, first of all, Wilson's a you know, tremendous edge player. This is the kind of thing that Georgia has to have a lot of in the program. Obviously, you want to see Georgia continue to upgrade this pass rush and to see the video incorporate Kirby Smart there on hand for this game there too with the caption of not being committed as of yet, even though some people are you know, thinking that Wilson's kind of trending in the direction of Ohio State here right now. I think this kind of there you go. That's the that's the one I wanted to see right there. That kind of I bought the, if you're watching a video, you saw this. I apologize if you radio podcast, you didn't quite see that. But uh, a nice look from Kirby Smart about being impressed with Damon Wilson. The video does a really good job. Yeah, there you go. That, that, that's it again. Uh, that's that's really good. That's really good. So uh, maybe a little bit of drama here down the stretch for Georgia with Damon Wilson. Obviously, Ohio State's seemingly uh, certainly recruiting very aggressively as it pursues Wilson. But maybe some fun stuff to consider there uh, for Georgia. And that's something I wanted to do with you around the doghouse. Let me also say this really quickly. I'm wearing my Gator Hater t-shirt today. Of course, we get the lousy, stinking Gator shirts there as well. And if you go to dognation.com, right at the top of the page, if you click the link, you can actually get the traditional, the original Gator Hater logo. You can get the Eddie the Blind Squirrel t-shirt which we love as the official mascot of Dog Nation Daily. You can get the lousy, stinking gator shirt. And if you want to make it really simple on yourself and you're watching a video right now, you can use the QR code and boom, pop that in there and get that T-shirt and you can be off and running with that today. So uh, we want to 
celebrate this and obviously get ready for the big cocktail party there on Saturday and the Gator Hater rivalry. And right there at dognation.com, you can get one of those great t shirts and be a big part of that. If you're watching on video, use the QR code. If you're listening radio podcast, just simply go to dognation.com and right there at the top of the page, you'll see a fun link to click into and get in on all of that. And that's around the doghouse for us here today. All right, before we're done, we'll give you a little bit of update on some of the uh, big games around the SEC here this weekend. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, that, how the Georgia Florida game kind of fits into the landscape on all of that. And and uh, obviously some other big stories around the SEC too, including a pretty wild rumor right now around the Auburn Tigers program. So uh, we'll see that here coming up before we're done there as well. But for now, on the video chats, click the link, be a part of it. We'll take a few of your calls here for a couple of minutes. Live here today on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Breda Pass Management. Something we've never done before, but we want to do that with you here today. In fact, first up is our buddy William Green. Always happy to have William as a part of the program. A, a great dog fan, green soldier. You see him on the YouTube comment section and a, uh, a terrific voice here around UGA. Uh, Mr. Green, thanks for being a part of the show here today. Hope you are doing well. And I guess I'm curious to hear about your thoughts about Georgia with the big rivalry game looming on Saturday and then everything else is coming up after that. Yeah, I, I appreciate it, Brandon. I think this is a pretty cool opportunity. Um, I think the biggest thing was looking into this game, who Florida has faced, how good they are, um, when they had success and who it was against. And I mean, Tennessee, prior to the update was the 130th passing defense that they faced. And it's really the biggest success Florida's had uh, with they are thrown for over 402 passing touchdowns, which I believe was his first on the year, mm-hmm. but against Kentucky who currently is ranked 14, 15, I mean, 40% completion rating and two interceptions, of course, no passing touchdown there. So they really rely on the ground game. And the one thing I feel extremely confident in, I think every Georgia Bulldog does is the rushing defense that coach smart provides. I think year in and year out, it's incredible how well and how hard it is to run on this team. So at any point, if Florida is trying to rely on ETN and Johnson and Richardson as the, you know, kind of the trio to do it, I mean, with Davis coming back, Bondin and JDJ being as good as they are, I think it's a real, real big ask. Uh, Jalen Carter or no Jalen Carter, in my opinion. Yeah, William, I think that's a great call. I really appreciate you being with us here today. And I think you bring up a couple of really interesting points. Uh, first of all, that the task for stopping the run for Georgia right now is going to require them going out there and doing it without Jalen Carter. It just seems like, based on kind of what you heard from Kirby yesterday, that this is an injury situation that continues to linger for him, and hopefully you get him back eventually. But it doesn't, as uh, William kind of alluded to, doesn't seem like you're necessarily going to get him back here right now. And the other point that I think that William is bringing up that's going to be so crucial for Georgia down the stretch here right now is that I think the discussion of both how well Georgia runs it and how well it stops the run, as you get into the more important games, this is going to become a much bigger part of the overall discussion for UGA. I think that William's absolutely right about that. I think the last couple of games, you've kind of seen Georgia start to come into its own more from a run stop, or I should say from a run game standpoint. They're just a little bit more prolific on the ground, at least in my eyes. They have been earlier in the year, and I think that's a good thing. And When you think about Georgia's ability to stop the run, especially with a smaller number of bodies, because against Tennessee, even though we want to see Georgia bring that pass rush, things like that, the actual truth is, is that Georgia's going to have to throw some bodies at the pass game, right? You're going to have to put guys in pass coverage to prevent all of the receivers that Tennessee has from kind of running wild in a couple of weeks. So demonstrating your ability to stop the run with, you know, a smaller number of people up near the line of scrimmage. That's just just going to be crucial for Georgia with what comes next and putting some of that on display 
on Saturday against Florida, I think is an important step in that direction too. And that's one of the areas which I do think that Georgia can have a big advantage. Florida's not very good defensively. Georgia, at least statistically speaking, has been very good. And a dominant day on defense, I think, would go a long way towards these dogs. William Green gets off to a great start there on that. Ryan Walker's a guy we hear a lot from on our uh, Dog Nation uh, postgame show and obviously one of our regulars in our Facebook comment section there as well. And it's great to hear from him live here as part of Dog Nation Daily today. Uh, Ryan, thanks for being a part of the show. And what's on your mind today? What's going on, B.A.? Thanks for having me today. I'm glad to have you. Um, I'll just say this. Uh, you know, we keep talking about A.D. Mitchell and the wide receiver core. You know, we, we we beat the tight end narrative to a pulp. I say this. You got two guys in Kyrus Jackson and Dominique Blaylock who have big game experience, who honestly can still be big play threats for us. They're healthy. Got to use them going down the stretch against Florida, you know, just to get get them used to being back into the rhythm of this offense. But a guy, like I said, I'm going to clamor for Don Blaylock. He made his presence known in the Auburn game, you know, his freshman year. But the Florida game is where he made his biggest impact. And unfortunately, going up, catching a pass against LSU and blowing out his knee um, in 2019, it hurt. But if you really think about it, Blaylock hasn't dropped much. I see on the defensive side of the ball, um, Pops is going to have a Pops is going to have one of those days. He's going to have one of those days. And Christopher Smith. He's gonna have to. He's gonna have to keep the secondary and that back end just calm and just keeping everything in front of him and just understanding that Anthony Richardson is gonna give up one, one or two picks for that day. But like you say, with motivation, you can just go back to the Spurrier days. Kirby Smart is always gonna hate the Gators because of how Spurrier manhandled us through those years, and then you even go through the Ron Zook years. I grew up through that time, so. It's very, it's very easy to hate Florida and dislike them, but most of us older dog fans, anybody that's been around 20-plus years, you understand the significance of this game and what the ramifications is if you win or lose, man. Thanks for having me today. Ryan, that's a great comment. I really appreciate that, and you're absolutely right. You know, If you've been around the block a couple of times, which I have, and Ryan, I guess, has uh, two here, you kind of know what this has meant over the course of the long haul. And I can think back to a time in which – Two things were true. Going back, you know, a long time ago, it sort of seemed like as a Georgia fan, your team had no chance to win this game. And there were also some years, a few years after, you know, a few years after that, where it seemed like your team should have won this game, and yet somehow, some way, the the mental part of uh, what was going on in Jacksonville sort of prevented that from happening. So you better believe for guys like me and guys like Ryan. We savor every moment of this right now because finally it's Georgia that's back on top. And for my dad's age and people like that, they can remember when Georgia was on top maybe the first time in all of this. And, you know, you kind of lived through an era for Florida. Now dogs back on top again. You better believe we want to savor every moment of all of that. And so that makes Saturday really fun for guys like us who want to see all of this continue. Also, really quickly here before we go back to the phones, I'll mention a couple of the other points that Ryan made. I do believe that uh, Dominic Blaylock is going to be supposed to be a really big part of the Georgia offense here the rest of the way. He has made some dazzling catches here over the course of the last few weeks, and it's just a fact. Georgia needs all the playmakers it can get right now. It needs more from the wide receiver position in particular, and I think that Blaylock's one of those guys. Maybe Kiaris Jackson is too, but I definitely believe that's something that Dominic Blaylock right now has a great chance to be here for Georgia. I think that's uh, absolutely right. And also, 
guys like Christopher Smith, guys like Jamon Dumas Johnson, these are guys that seemingly are really emerging at the right time. Smith's been a good player for a long time, but he may be a great player right now. Jamon Dumas Johnson is still only in his second year in the program, but he's clearly kind of an emotional pillar for this team. And in a game like Saturday, where you have to have the combination of, you know, intense edge, but also disciplined play, a guy like JDJ, or as they call him Pop, may be exactly the right kind of player for uh, something like that. So a great call there from Ryan. We'll keep him going here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Breda Pass Management. Welcome in Randy from Tifton here right now. Randy, great to have you as a part of the program, as part of our special guest here today, something we haven't really done on Dog Nation Daily in the past. Uh, Randy, thanks for being here. And I guess give us your thoughts on Georgia, Florida, and kind of where you see the dogs going next. Okay, B.A., well, I'm heading down Jacksonville Friday, so I'll be there this weekend. I believe that Georgia's going to run the ball and just just wear them down, break them, and then I don't think Florida's going to have the will to fight back. It might take two or three quarters, but we're going to break Florida like we always do. Boy, I love the idea of that, and I appreciate your phone call. And uh, It is definitely a, a great callback to what uh, Kirby Smart said you know, last year about, you know, wanting to break them and wanting to go out there and do that. I mean, I'm sure you're like me. You get fired up when you hear that speech from Kirby Smart. We heard a little bit of it off the top of our show, and I'm sure you get fired up by that uh, when you hear that again. I just love playing it before I go to work because that fires me up knowing no matter what happens that day at work, that's just going to keep me going because my dog's fighting and I'm going to fight at work too. I love that. Thanks for the call. I appreciate that. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, sometimes, you know, like – uh I try to exercise, right? And, you know, that's not the easiest thing in the world for me to do. Exercise probably comes a little easier for some than it does others. And every now and then when you're trying to, you know, you know kind of get it going on that elliptical machine and you uh, have to find that extra motivation, I will pull something like that up on YouTube. Either Kirby giving a speech like that or one of these highlight packages from one of these games over the years. I will definitely get fired up on that. And uh, it's always a, a fun way to do all of that. And I, I do think as kind of ryan said earlier and some of other callers kind of said there too is like that same level of motivation georgia might be able to kind of pull that out intrinsically for a game like this that you don't have the obvious push from florida there have been times in recent years where florida i think was unquestionably the the biggest game that georgia was going to play and this in itself was like all the motivation you needed this year it's a little bit different uh you know and some people even wonder was well, there a temptation to look past florida and look ahead to Tennessee. I truly don't believe that's going to be an issue for this Georgia team. And I know we can think back, whether it be 2014 or you know, maybe 2002 or 2003, you know, some of these games in which it seemed like Georgia was, was definitely going to win and somehow didn't for whatever reason. I realize that weird things have happened in Jacksonville in the past, but I truly believe that this is the kind of Georgia team maybe more immune to the sort of weird things happening than previous Georgia teams have uh, been in the past. I truly believe that's the case. We have time for a couple more calls here as well. So if you're watching live on Facebook and YouTube or dognation.com, you can find a link right there at the top of the page. We'll see if we can squeeze a couple of more of those in before we say goodbye here today. And if you're listening podcast, you're saying, well, B.A., why didn't you tell us about this? This is one of those things that sort of happened impromptu today for the reasons I described a moment ago, and we'll try to do 
more of this maybe in the future because I, I, listen i think it's fun to hear from other georgia fans <laughs> and i think that's a, a great way to kind of get the pulse of dog nation in fact let's go back and do that right now a different randy joins us here now on dog nation daily presented by braided pass manager randy thanks for your time appreciate you being here how you feel about these dogs right now i think this is great uh, that you're involving your uh fans and so forth in on this. I just want to show this, the 1981 Street and Smith Magazine signed by Herschel Walker. I bring that to the Dog Nation events. It's just celebrating that championship year. And also, let's do this. There you go. I like that. Go for For two and 22. I am going to make a prediction. Please. My prediction, which I've been posting on Dog Nation all this week, that Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, and Eric Gilbert will all have a touchdown this weekend. How about that? That is a strong prediction right there. And I'm guessing if that plays itself out for Georgia on Saturday, that works out pretty well in this uh, game as far as the final outcome is concerned. Randy, that's good stuff. Thanks for being with us, Randy. I, I appreciate that strong prediction. And uh, I love the go for two and 22. Y'all, I just think it's important for us to all kind of stop and kind of appreciate this. There you go. Yeah, Randy's showing up those uh, two fingers there. You love to see that. I think it's important to keep all this in perspective that as he says, hey, I remember Herschel Walker way back in 1980 and 1981 and 82. And now we've lived long enough to kind of see Georgia back in an era like that again. And here we are, what, after seven regular season games, is that right? Week off last week and now looking at a stretch run against Florida and then some big games coming up after that, that Georgia right now is exactly where I think that it had every right to expect that it could be right and you think about oh well you'd like to see this be better and listen we've had callers smart callers who say hey i want to see more of this or i want to see more of this guy or see a little bit more of this during the game like there are obviously some imperfections there are obviously some areas which georgia could be improved of course we all understand that but when you look around you compare georgia to its current competition not georgia the last year or georgia to some all-time great sec team from the distant past or anything like that But when you compare Georgia right now to its current competition for this year's national championship, there is absolutely no reason why go for two and 22 isn't just as much of a possible reality as it ever appeared to be. That's the kind of thing that I think you do get the sense of when you talk to Georgia fans, as we are right now, when you enjoy this conversation, you realize that, yeah, Georgia currently has quite a bit going for it and there's quite a lot to feel good about when it comes to these dogs by the way christy one of our great youtube commenters said that she would like to have been on the show live but she's not going to because she says she has bedhead this morning she didn't want to be a part of it so christy one of these days we'll try to give you fair enough notice so uh, you can be a part of this and everybody else there as well on that and as i said before we got a couple of more minutes we can do this we do have to kind of move on here in a minute because we got some other business we got to take care of but uh we'll have a little bit more time for a couple more of these calls and always appreciate the folks who want to be a part of this also our regular commenters there as well uh dt looking back on the uh, big hit that lewis seen delivered a couple of years ago yeah i mean scene was a he was a tough physical player and you go back to that moment there in 2020 obviously it ended up not being a a great moment for uga you lose the game but lewis seen kind of showed you his overall level of uh, physicality i'm sure kyle pitts looks back on that longly back at a time when he was actually a part of a passing offense and he got to be at florida but seemingly not getting a chance to be all that much of a part of that right now with the atlanta falcons so you kind of think back on uh that and you're part of uh, all of that cameron Britt uh, checks into and the idea that georgia's like 
22 and a half point favorite. I think that number has even kind of climbed. Our friends at my bookie, I think, currently have the number even higher than that. Uh, JP also checking in here to say uh, that it's very important to get off to a fast start. When a team is struggling, you got to put your foot on their throat. Do not let them hang around yet. We said that, I guess, at one point in time, that Florida's not in a very good way right now, and it's Georgia's job on Saturday to to make it worse, and that's exactly what they're going to try to do. It uh, looks like Nick. Is Nick ready to go? We'll have Nick here in the program. Nick, thanks for being with us here live today on Dog Nation Daily. I hope you're doing well, and uh, appreciate you taking some time to share your thoughts on these dogs. First thing I want to say to my buddy Ryan Walker is uh, thank you for bringing up such painful memories, having to live through the Steve Spurrier years uh, in the 90s. But, man, God is so good that he's allowed us to get to 2022. And how good does it feel when we had to uh, dread Georgia, Florida every year, knowing we were probably going to get our brains beat in, and now we find ourselves uh, here where – we know that the tables have turned and that uh, and that we're the ones who are going to come in and lay the wood. So uh, I don't like thinking about those days uh, in the 90s, B.A., uh, but I'm so glad that God allowed me to, to live this long to where now I can uh, I can talk trash and feel good about it. And then secondly, <clears throat> for uh, for what we've got coming up next weekend, I just want to point out because I've been obviously hearing a lot of noise from Tennessee fans. Um, It only took one game for Tennessee to return to being that huge boil on the hairy butts of all dog fans, uh, where now all of a sudden, even though they've had one, I can count on one finger, one national championship since 1967, 55 years. And now all of a sudden they are uh, they think they're the team to beat. So uh, I'm ready to 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 handle business uh, in Jacksonville this week, man. I, I told you we're already starting to see uh, a, a lot of dog people filing into the Golden Isles here, man. It's exciting uh, running into them at the grocery stores and just having people give you a go dogs uh, and and talking about the things that are going on in Athens. Uh, but man, getting ready for for next weekend because I'm so ready to shut up. Uh, the, the Vols and send them packing and then uh, set our sights on uh, on Atlanta. Uh, it's kind of sad that we're already here, man. We've only got, you know, four games left and the season's over. But, man, I'm excited for uh, for what's happening because as much as the media doesn't want to uh, want to acknowledge, uh, there's only one number one in America today, and they're in Athens, Georgia. Nick, that's a great call. I appreciate you being here, and I think you bring up a lot of great points that we have kind of – experienced a lot of twists and turns this georgia florida rivalry and florida had its day in the sun for quite some time longer than most of us would have liked but now it's dogs back on top and it feels really really good and as you point out saturday against the gators starts what's going to be an amazing run for georgia throughout the rest of the season with a huge showdown with tennessee after that and yeah it doesn't take much to get those vols fans fired back up again you know ready to believe that this could be a magical year for them georgia's job two saturdays from now is to remind them that no not quite not yet anyway it's still dogs on top for right now so listen for those of us who love college football for those of us who love these dogs um uh you know this is a fun special time to go out there in consecutive weeks have a chance to handle big time rivals and be a part of all that i certainly appreciate uh your thoughts and i think you say it very well and glad to know a lot of dog fans already showing up down there in the golden isles 
uh, that is a really fun thing. We love this time of year, and we love the Georgia fans making their way down to the coast for this weekend. All right, let's do one more here, I think. Our buddy Bob's going to check in. Bob, always such a fun part of what we do, a good friend of ours here at uh, Dog Nation and a guy that also knows how great it is to be on top of the college football world here right now. Bob, we'll give you the last word on all this here right now. Uh, thanks for your time here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Breda Pass Management. What's on your mind? Such a fun part of what we do. A good friend of ours. I tell you, what, Bob, go ahead and, uh, and turn off your speaker there, if you don't mind. That way, we don't hear the uh, echo there on that. And then, Bob, after that, go ahead and fire away. Can you hear me now? I sure can, Bob. Go ahead. Daily, presented by Breda Pass Management. What's on your mind? Well, I just think it's. Uh, I said, go ahead uh, and turn off your speaker. Yeah, so, Bob, we're hearing the echo there on you. So, if you want to see. Okay, if you I don't turn, know if you can hear me now. Yeah, I can hear you, but go ahead and just turn your volume down. That way, we're not hearing ourselves repeating back through there again. So, uh, go ahead and roll, let it roll, Bob. Well, hopefully, uh, you can hear me. Sure can. Uh, I think what uh, is interesting is this could be one of the last uh, games in you know Jacksonville coming up. And. Uh, I know there's a lot of uh, angst around doing the games or not, but I think there's a good solution, which is do a three-year view, right? Do do home and home, and then every third year do Jacksonville. That way, each player gets to, uh, before they go off to the NFL in year three, get each of the uh, venues in, plus Jacksonville. Uh, maybe that'd be a good compromise. Bob, I appreciate the call, and it's funny that you bring that up because I was actually noticing there were a couple of Georgia players, former Georgia players on social media who were kind of saying the same thing, and this seems to be like one of the ideas that has kind of a large level of support, and admittedly, this is one of those things, and this is why we like to either read viewer comments or take calls like this is because it does give more points of view a chance to be heard because one of the things that I've said is, is that I'm not quite so sure that once you don't do this in Jacksonville every year, I'm not quite so sure the momentum exists to still have the same kind of turnout if it's only done on a every three years basis. We heard from Nick a moment ago who talked about all the Georgia fans who are kind of already down there near the Golden Isles or heading towards like Amelia Island or obviously Jacksonville Beach, places like that. You know, do those folks still come in the same numbers consistently year to year if they're not doing it every year anymore? I, I've kind of wondered that. But as Bob said, and other folks have reached out to me on Twitter to say, some former Georgia players are saying this is that there is some energy for the idea of, hey, maybe it's worth doing this on kind of a one-off basis. Maybe it's worth doing this you know, every three years or something like that as a way of trying to satisfy everybody who would like the chance to travel to Gainesville for whatever reason you would want to go there or certainly like the idea of hosting Florida in Athens, something that uh, hasn't happened in a very, very long time, going back to 1995. And that obviously wasn't a very good day for UGA there that day, so a chance to kind of correct some of that. You know, maybe the the way to make everybody happy is to rotate this on a more frequent basis where you go to Athens, you go to Gainesville, you go to Jacksonville, and you kind of give everybody a taste of all three, as Bob said, for the Georgia players who were kind of three and done on their way to the NFL. Admittedly, I've had some skepticism about how well that would work, but seemingly I, I guess there is some support for that, either among former player ranks or certainly a lot of Georgia fans are kind of weighing in on that too, which, as I said before, one of the reasons why we like taking these calls and being a part of this conversation. So, I thought this went pretty well for kind of a first ever voyage on this on Dog Nation Daily. This is something we do every Saturday as a part of our Dog Nation postgame show. But formatically, you know, Dog Nation Daily is a little bit different. We have a little bit of a tighter format around here, so we don't get a chance to do that quite as much. But maybe this is an opportunity for us to do that more in the future. So thank you for being a part of it. If you're a podcast listener and you say, well, I wish I could have been a part of it. 
I think that this will give us the freedom to maybe do more of this in the future, but giving it a shot here today. So appreciate all of that. And with that said, uh, let's get ready to go ahead and roll on and look at the rest of the action around the SEC, including a pretty interesting rumor right now as it involves the Auburn Tigers. Let's talk about that as Dog Nation Daily rolls on. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. All right, so uh, fun stuff there, taking those calls. That was a uh, good experience to be able to have as a part of our show today. And for those of you who joined us, we certainly appreciate that. For those of you who tried to join us and couldn't get on, obviously we'd love to make more time for you. That's why we try to kind of keep all of that stuff sort of tight so more people have a chance to be a part of that. So if we didn't get to you today, we'll certainly look forward to hopefully getting a chance to do that with you more maybe the next time. And I think there will be a next time as we continue to kind of you know figure out a way to incorporate that into what we do around here but before that though let's get ready to go cruising around the sec courtesy of royal caribbean and the same kinds of conversations we have in a situation like this we're also able to have when you start thinking about what's going to be going down in april on board independence of the seas now listen this is going to be so much fun when we're getting on board independence of the seas from port canaveral sailing out there on april 24th going to nasa on the bahamas going to perfect day coco Cay. i was on the radio yesterday with my buddies uh randy mcmichael and uh, andy bunker there on 92.9 the game they were talking about how much they've been hearing about the dog nation cruise and how much fun it sounds like it's supposed to be and it is just a really good time a lot of the folks that were on the cruise with us a year ago these are folks that you know, we became friends with we still feel like we know them we talk to them we see them all the time and it just there's a special kind of connection that's formed when you're traveling with somebody like that a lot of the things that we do you know around here on a normal basis are kind of short term right we're always in a hurry we're in athens but we're only only there for a little while and then we're going back home or we have an event it's a couple hours you're moving on this is like four days worth of really fun enjoyable time for the dog nation team myself included to hang out with some of our folks and it's always a great time to be with big dog fans of course all of this kind of culminates in the last night had a huge draft party celebrating the nfl draft and that's always a lot of fun but we want you to be a part of this and our friends at royal caribbean have given us the name of a great travel agent to help book all this up for you jessica slater is someone we've gotten to know really well uh she's a good friend of mine now and she's a great travel agent, and she can give you all the ins and outs you need, not just for the Dog Nation cruise, but if you're like me and you want a couple of other Royal Caribbean cruise vacations, I've got one coming up in December. That's a shorter one. I've got a longer cruise coming up in February, which I'm really excited about. That's all in addition to the Dog Nation cruise. And who knows, I may be booking another one of these cruises here pretty soon there as well, because if I've got some free time, that's one of the ways I want to try to use my free time because it's just such a great experience. So Jessica can help you out with that. RoyalDogs.com's website is a website she's made specifically for the Dog Nation cruise. You can get more information about that there. You can also give her a call, 770-718-9147. That's 770-718-9147. And you can find out more about the great second-ever cruise with Dog Nation coming up in April. We've already already had a huge turnout for that. And it's going to be, by far and away, the biggest one we've done. And maybe by the time it's all said and done, the biggest event we've ever done at Dog Nation. So I want you to find out more about that. And we'll see you there in April for that Dog Nation cruise. All right, cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. So there were a couple of interesting rumors kind of popping up around Auburn right now where it seems like there are some players who are asking. Now, this is all in kind of the rumor conjecture thing right here. There's been very little publicly confirmed about any of this but there are some reports and some at least published stories alluding to this so i think it's sort of safe fair game for us to talk about here where some auburn players have been asking to be redshirted they don't want to play anymore they want to preserve their eligibility because right now 
remember there was an NCAA rule change recently where you can't enter the transfer portal right now during the season. There are transfer windows, and the transfer window for entering the portal again doesn't crank back up again until after the national championship is done. So for players currently on a team like Auburn where they're not happy, um, they don't want to waste their eligibility in a situation like this. At least that's the perspective of the players. They want to be redshirted so they can go into the transfer portal, hold on to their eligibility. And what Brian Harson is alleged to have said here is, is that you can either transfer or quit. Now, right now you can't transfer. So he's basically saying, uh, if you're going to, if you're going to stay, you're going to play. And if you're not going to stay, then you might as well quit because, because it, we either need you to play or we need you gone. We need you off the programming. You basically just sort of walk away. So in some respects, that sort of ends up feeling like a not very, um, I guess, enjoyable decision on either side of that for certain Auburn players. We've kind of grown unhappy about this. There's some specific names out there that have been kind of mentioned on this. And this is the kind of thing where if you're a Georgia fan, it gives you another reason to sort of laugh at Brian Harson, Alabama fans, other SEC fans, kind of talking about what seems to be kind of a very tenuous grip that Harson seems to have on this Auburn program right now. And I understand where that's coming from. And Harson's obviously going to get fired. And this is clearly a situation that's just not working for Auburn right now. And you're sort of uh, left to wonder when they, you know, are they just kind of holding on to Harson at the moment as they wait to sort of figure out who their next athletic director is going to be? And that may be the only thing that's actually currently preserving Harson's job. And so people kind of use this as just sort of another example of a program that's sort of completely fallen apart. And Brian Harson, the kind of coach that can't kind of hold all of this together. And as I said before, I do sort of understand all of that. But let me also kind of flip this around here for a moment. What else are you supposed to do? Whether you're Harson on his way to getting fired at Auburn or kind of any coach that 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 runs the risk of a mass exodus from your program, where it's so easy to sell a player right now on the grass being greener somewhere else, even though we have lots of tangible examples of that's just not true necessarily. The grass isn't actually always greener other places. It doesn't actually always work out like that. There is evidence that a lot of the guys who transfer end up not being happy with the transfer destination that they kind of find themselves on that at a certain point, you know, coaches do have to sort of stand up for the for the sanctity of their roster spots to say, if you're going to occupy one, we need you playing. And if you're not going to play, if you're not bought into what we're doing here, we need you to go. And you can go sit home, whatever else, but 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 if you're if if you're going to stay, we need you to play. I actually don't hate this from Brian Harson. I don't think this is necessarily the wrong decision from Harson. At a certain point, you know, you have to say there's some sort of standard we're going to try to uphold it. And I'm sorry that you're sad, but uh, just because you want to leave uh, doesn't mean we're going to allow you to just do whatever you want to do. We're going to kind of stand up here for the integrity of our program a bit. I know this creates another opportunity for people to sort of laugh at Harson. Listen, I've laughed at Harson plenty, but in this particular case, I actually don't know what other alternative he has other than to sort of draw some sort of hard line in the sand of, you know, you know, if you're going to be here, we need you to play. And if you're not going to play, then there's no point in having you here, whether you can enter the transfer portal or not. You know, not everything that a bad coach does is necessarily a bad idea. And in this particular case for Harson, his coaching tenure is clearly going to end soon. But in this particular case, I'm not quite so sure he's so wrong on how he's handling this. I was going to get more into a Jimbo Fisher thing. Let me actually just save that for tomorrow. And let's just say this for now is cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. Because instead, what I want to take some moment to do here uh, just for a moment, is to uh, talk about some of the other big games that are going to take place here this weekend. Obviously, the Georgia-Florida game is out there, and that's a huge part 
of what this weekend's going to be about. But it's not the only game that matters on Saturday. So let's preview some of these with what we call our My Bookie Best Bets. And speaking of our friends at My Bookie, when we checked uh, this to kind of get ready for today's show, the Georgia Florida line actually climbed at My Bookie all the way up to 24 and a half here. So Georgia is a gigantic favorite against Florida right now. And that number seems to only be moving in UGA's direction. The other game, It'll be watched closely by Georgia fans on Saturday as Tennessee hosting Kentucky. My bookie has the Vols right now as a 13-point favorite at home. So clearly, ahead of the big showdown two Saturdays from now, Tennessee has the stiffer challenge from Kentucky, albeit a home game, than Georgia has from Florida. And there are a lot of folks who wonder, hey, is Kentucky still dangerous enough in a rivalry game situation to kind of keep it close and battle against the Tennessee Vols? The spread would suggest that it has a chance to be closer longer We'll see if it indeed plays itself out that way. Also in the SEC, two teams really scuffling. Long-term situation for Texas A&M, which lost again this past Saturday to South Carolina. Ole Miss completely exposed in a loss at LSU. Now Ole Miss on the road again at Texas A&M, where the Aggies find themselves a two-and-a-half-point home underdog here to Ole Miss. So an interesting SEC West battle for two teams that desperately need to win. Ole Miss suddenly finding itself in that position. A&M has not been in that position for what seems like weeks and weeks and weeks. And so a little bit of an intriguing SEC West battle there. Outside the SEC, we finally, and I mean finally, get to see Ohio State in some sort of game that matters on Saturday. Now, they're still a 16-point favorite, but they are on the road at Penn State. And listen, we said this the other day when we talked about Ohio State on the show that suddenly there's a lot of media types who seem to think the Buckeyes are supposed to be ranked number one, and ultimately who is truly the number one team will work its way out before the season is concluded. But there's just this weird thing where certain people seem to only be looking at the final scores for Ohio State, not actually watching the game. The truth is, if you watched their game against Iowa last week, they didn't play that great. They really didn't. Uh, I mean, at least in terms of on a per-play basis, you know, they had a lot of short fields, had some turnovers. Uh, they're probably not producing explosive plays at quite the rate you think they are uh, against the two better defenses they faced, certainly uh, Notre Dame to begin the year, Iowa last week. But they are expected to handle Penn State on the road on Saturday. We'll see if they make it look as easy as they're supposed to. And then another top 25 matchup for the weekend there as well has Oklahoma State going to Kansas State. Wildcats a one-point favorite after losing last week to TCU. We'll make those our my bookie best bets. Remind you, when it comes to the spread on those games and everything else going on around college football here this uh, weekend, you can get your action down on those games. You can make bets with our friends at my bookie because with my bookie you can bet on anything, anywhere, anytime. You can take advantage of that with our friends at uh, my bookie, and you can even get a big deposit bonus just for opening up an account there. What that means is is that my bookie wants to take really good care of you as a player. They want to take care of you right from the word go. So when you open up that account, let's say you put $400 in your account, my bookie is going to double that initial deposit for you. They're going to put $400 in for you there as well. If you put in $500, they'll put in $500. You put in $300, they'll put in $300. Whatever you put in, they're going to double that for you and put in the same amount for you there as well. So you are literally a winner even before you win your first bet. And after that, with your account nice and uh, fortified, you can play, you can win, you can get paid. It is that simple with my bookie. But to take advantage of that big deposit bonus, you've got to use the promo code DOGNATION. It's all one word, spelled the way it's supposed to be D A W G. Use the promo code dog nation and take advantage of that big deposit match all the way up to a thousand dollars there on that just simply find my bookie online just type it into your browser the internet will do the work for you and then when you get there use the promo code dog nation to get signed up for a big first deposit bonus it's winning season right now at my bookie so make sure you take advantage of that 
today. Oh, and let me also say this there as well. Friday, going to the cocktail party. No better cocktail for us around here than a ready-to-drink cocktail right there in the can. That's what our uh, friends that uh, the Finnish Long Drink provide for us. And as we're thinking about the uh, cocktail party coming up on Saturday, you better believe the Finnish Long Drink is going to be a big part of that. So as you enjoy some Finnish Long Drink heading towards the weekend, we want to see your photographic evidence of that. We'll celebrate you and celebrate having good times as a part of our big finish presented by the Finnish Long Drink coming up on Friday. So hit us up for that and show us you enjoying the finished long drink. And we'll show that to all of Dog Nation coming up on Friday. And by the way, if you haven't tried some yet, you can go to the longdrink.com. That's the longdrink.com and make a choice, whether it be the cranberry, the long drink strong, the long drink zero, the traditional and the blue can that has the grapefruit flavor and the gin kick. You can try whichever variety you think you might like. Just simply put in your zip code. You can find out where to pick some up. You can enjoy it and then send us some uh, evidence of you enjoying that. And we'll kind of put that out there as a part of our big finish presented by the finished long drink coming up on Friday. So we'll see you then for that. And of course, great to have you here as a part of Dog Nation Daily here today. And there is a meme that has become uh, very popular uh, very fast uh, about the, uh, what do you call it, the Halloween store, Halloween costume. Uh, this is pretty funny, and somebody sent this to me uh, as it relates to Kirby Smart, and I thought I'd show this as part of the Golden Shoe today. Yeah, it's the Spirit Halloween costume, and there's like a million versions of this kind of meme online right now. Well, Denver Dog Thomas Tyson sent this to me. He says, I finally picked up my Halloween costume. What do y'all think? Uh, he says, hashtag Golden Shoe. Uh so it's the Gator Hunter Halloween costume from our from Spirit Halloween, which includes a winning record against the Gators, a 2021 national championship ring, and of course a visor there as well. The adult size costume. There's a lot of versions of this meme out there right now, but Denver Dog gives us a good one, and we'll make him a golden shoe winner for today. Uh, very very funny indeed. By the way, lousy, stinking Gators, they used to love to make fun of Georgia's national title drought. We'll remind them it's now been 5,039 days. And, of course, Gator Hater Countdown now down to just three days, three skinny little days until Georgia's back-end jacks will beaten up on Florida once again. That is really good stuff. We will see you back here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Breda Pest Management, here tomorrow. And on the podcast, I'm now for the R.S. Andrews Podcast Cooldown. Good to be back doing this with you again. Uh, our buddy... Uh, William Billy Ray kind of reached out because um, you know, I had the cool down the last couple of days. We're happy to be back doing it again here today. So thank you for uh, Billy for noticing that. And of course, appreciate all of you sticking around and being a part of this portion of the show each and every day. UGA dad 20 also wrote at dognation.com the other day about Zakovia white about how that white's a elite premier athlete, but at a little bit shorter, a little bit smaller, it kind of fits more in the mold of what maybe George is looking for from a slot receiver right now than more of what it's looking for from a defensive back situation where it seems like the kind of defensive backs that Georgia covets are all at least six feet tall, if not taller, and, you know, have the potential to kind of play it sort of that 200-pound, you know, type uh, level. And that's a little bit, you know, kind of different than um, than what maybe Sokovi's overall profile as a player is. But then UGA Dad 20 said, yeah, but don't forget – Alabama's recruiting a lot of these smaller style wide receivers now, so you better have defensive backs that can run with them. And that is kind of always the kind of the name of the game where, you know, defensive backs started getting bigger and bigger and bigger years ago because wide receivers were getting taller and taller and taller. And then suddenly you had, you know, a lot of bigger, you know, defensive backs, and suddenly teams started looking for that that shifty, elusive lateral quickness slot style receiver and obviously Alabama has had a lot of success with those kinds of players and so 
the game is always changing to, I guess, counterbalance what you see other teams doing. And maybe the same thing is kind of going on there with defensive back there as well. But here's the other thing that the modern game kind of requires from you. And, you know, not an X's and O's expert, of course, but when you watch how frequently teams are kind of playing in that sort of five defensive back situation, what you call like nickel coverage, or, you know, in Georgia's case, they call that player the star. That's the name of that position. You know, this is a guy that's got some run stop responsibilities. And so, you know, if you're playing a star for Georgia, you can't be 180 pounds. You, you can't. You'll just get blocked into the stands. And yet you've got to also be able to run with guys in pass coverage, too. I mean, this is one of the things that's kind of interesting when you get into the game within the game as it relates to Georgia. That need to understand, you know, what Georgia's really looking you know, for when it comes to defensive backs. And, you know, you want cornerbacks that have some of the toughness that you would typically think of from safeties, and you want safeties that run the way that you would typically expect cornerbacks to do. You want that little bit of a hybrid crossover with your defensive backs and guys that kind of kind of take on the sort of positionless persona that it seems like, in some respects, football kind of looks like here these days. And so whether it be the future of a Chris Peeler or whatever else, it's that versatility from defensive backs that Georgia seems to, to really want. I think that's, um, I think that's a, a really, really important thing. Uh, Fearless Girl also writes in about some PTSD, as she calls it, going back to the Spurrier era. And listen, that's one of the things, I mean, we see this from time to time. There's a little bit of a generational divide as it relates to some Georgia fans. We talked about this the other day with Georgia fans being happy that Alabama lost because the younger you are, the more your memories are nothing but heartbreaks against Alabama. 2017, 2012, you know, games like that, 2015, the, the home game. And that kind of defines your time as a Georgia fan. But to folks who are like me, who are, you know, a little bit older, I'm old enough to have kids now. I'm old enough to be a full-fledged adult now. And I remember the 90s and the early 2000s. And, you know, that was really painful for me. And so... I think that does give me, it sounds like Fearless Girl feels the same way, I think that does give us a little extra perspective about why games like this on Saturday are really important, about why they matter. I think that's a really good point, that that those of us who've been around here for a little longer, you know, we have we have memories, and we conjure up those memories as to why games like this are fun. And by the way, it was nice to hear Jamon Dumas-Johnson on today's show saying that he and some other Georgia players are doing something similar about the 2020 game a game that we've had reason to just forget because it just seems like the pandemic year was such a one-off and a lot of things that happened that year don't seem to be all that consequential. And yet Georgia says, at least Jamon Dumas-Johnson says, we're using this as motivation. Uh, we don't like the fact that our seniors lost a game to Florida. We want to give them uh, a reason to feel good in their final game against the Gators on Saturday, which I don't mind at all. And I'm guessing dog fans like Fearless Girl who have a little bit of a understanding of history uh, she doesn't mind that either so good comments here today thanks for being a part of our podcast school day i'm going to be back doing this again of course you can find rs andrews online rsandrews.com for your air conditioning heating plumbing electric needs they show up on time they do the work that's promised the price is promised you can trust them on that and of course we will see you back here tomorrow for dog nation daily presented by breda pest management uh, we'll talk to you then everybody <laughs>